0: What up, what up, welcome to yet another episode of Wheelbite, Season 2, Episode 7. First off, happy holidays everybody to all our listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is all about the trans world videos. Why they're awesome and which one personifies the ultimate trans world experience. Hope you all enjoy this one. This has been a topic we've wanted to do for a long time, so we were excited to talk about it. However, when we did this one, they hadn't quite announced that Duets was coming out yet, so we don't really ever reference that at all. Which is a bummer, because, I mean, that's the 30th Transworld videos. They've done 30 fucking videos proving they are not necessarily going anywhere for a long time. I'll keep this one short. Here it is, episode 7 of season 2, the Trans World video episode.
1: Welcome to San Francisco.
0: Don't I here. Like, I feel like it's dangling by a fucking strain of bone marrow.
1: East Coast Powerhouse. From the New York, a fabulous
2: A hundred bucks, and I'll take out the mini Honda if you slide that seventy-five foot handrail. I especially like the flip of the board. What up? What up? Welcome back to another episode of Wheelbite coming to you live from Haight Ashbury in San Francisco, California. Although this might be one of the last that we do at Haight-Ashbury, it will forever be in our hearts. Uh, It's a short-lived studio in here. Yeah, getting a little sentimental. Um, I'm host one of two, Ted Theodore Mater, And with me as always, Jay Green here. Uh, Today we're going to get into a topic that we have... I think we've been wanting to discuss this one since we fucking started the show...
1: I feel like I say this for a lot of our episodes, but this was one of the
2: first I think that we were geeking out about doing. Yeah, we were both super super stoked on wanting to do this one, and the topic today is trans world videos in which there have been many now. I think there's like 20-something trans world videos, which is insane to think. For the high-quality
1: production for a while they were putting in these videos,
2: they were pumping them out. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at 99, and I think three videos came out, maybe even four. And the
1: first, uh even the first few, they were, like, janky, but they came out, in the first in the same year too, I think, right?
2: I don't know if they all came out in the same year, but like you look at ninety nine, you have um let's see here. Yeah, Uno and four wheel drive were both ninety six. Okay. But then you have Transmission Seven, feedback, and the reason all coming out in nineteen ninety nine, which is absurd. That's like those are heavy too. Yeah, those are some of the best videos they ever The put Reason out. Yeah, well, first we gotta kick it off with our typical choose one that defines us as human beings. Um, I think my favorite is Feedback. I mean, that's the one that ultimately won me over. It's so good. You can't go wrong with that lineup, too. You know, Chad Muska in the height of his handrail destruction and the height of Muskamania. A part he notoriously filmed in like just a few days, half the time while he was wasted off margaritas. <laughs> the Philly Three, Mike Maldonado, Carrie Goetz, and Van Margera, just as the resurgence of love was truly starting to kick into high gear. You have Andrew Reynolds, Birdhouse era Andrew Reynolds, right before, you know, Baker became the hugest thing in the world. Uh, shared parts with. Arto Sari and Jeff Raleigh and Ave and Jason Dill. That's the, heavy. Yeah, the only real like outlier in that video is fucking <laughs> Neil, Neil Mims. <Mintz>. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I don't want to like diss him because his part's really good, and he has that fucking intro with the security guard that I love, where he's coming down the hubba and the guy like tries to stop him. He's like this thing could annihilate you, man. Like it's a great video part, but he is the one sort of outlier in the mix. There are you? Is that, well, that Yeah, that that's was, all you got. Uh, oh yeah, I'm just picking one. Okay, for, for this one, or at least trying to pick one. I'm. I think I'm going with one. Finally,
1: <laughs> yes, for the only intro where I've had one's, one favorite. Um. Well, I'm sure as many of my. Friends and skater homies could tell you if they know anything about me that my favorite, probably my favorite skate video of all time. Wow, that's a heavy statement. Well, I'll go maybe top three of all time is Sight Unseen. Um, I just that was like it kind of defined me as a skater, like for or it defined my my likes in skateboarding because I saw the video pretty early in when I was taking up skateboarding Mm -hmm. and to see, to always be into like the San Francisco scene and be into more like an underground scene. And then to see someone like Henry Sanchez get kind of a really big platform and be able to shine in something as mainstream as a trans world video. It was a trip for me.
2: Yeah, he wasn't really like at the peak of his career at that point. I don't think he had a major sponsor or anything in two thousand one when that video came out. His part though is oh, yeah, is beyond timeless.
1: Oh, yeah. Like it's you could watch that and the lines he's doing at Third and Army and just like the Pier seven tricks and the song uh, Planet Asia, Cali Agents. Yeah, fucking Planet Asia. Is fucking super hard. You got the Marcus cameos, and, man, it's just, it, it like, it lit something in me. And that's just Henry's part. Um, actually, looking back on the lineup, like, reading it, it's funny because I never really noticed how, I don't know how to put it, maybe... Uh, lopsided or abstract this lineup was because with a lot of other videos you can kind of see some similar theme here but you got dustin dolan heath kirchhart henry john Cardiel of
2: course and then tosh tosh Towned, which they all had really good parts tosh and i actually love tosh's part in that video he skates to the J mascus song and i like his part too um but I could probably give you like
1: a handful of other Trans World videos that I liked the lineup better and the skaters better, but Henry and John's part, John Cardial's part, were just so fucking heavy for me that they made the entire video. Like, that's what made. It my favorite video. John's part was just, it blew my mind. We used to have skater I just had like non-skater homies come over to my house just to like smoke weed and shit after school and they would always be like put on that one video with that like, cause John Cardiel was like flying through the air and doing the Union Square handrail. Um, it was just like yeah. things that like people who didn't even skate could look at and be like this guy is out of his fucking mind. Like he's He's the most death-defying, radical dude on a skateboard.
2: I mean, we touched upon it in our Thrasher versus Trans Transworld episode, but how funny is it that, like, Thrasher's golden boy, John Cardiel, like, the thing he is remembered for the most is it a Transworld part. Yeah. And, I mean, even the fact, you know, you brought up the Union Square Rail, you know, Deluxe wound up buying that yeah. off Levi's, and they just put it at art yeah. shows and... Yeah. Have it in their fucking warehouse somewhere. So
1: yeah, I think that's great that most people. I don't know. I guess depending on the skater and the age, but a lot of people remember John for the Union Square rail and that. That was in his Transworld part. Like Transworld got to show that off, basically, and Henry too. He's like was a gritty dude. Had you know, like a reputation for not like you know being the most uh, friendly dude at times in that era and he just shined in that Transworld video like completely and he, he killed it man the skating sp- speaks
2: for itself well I think it's funny that we're bringing up these lineups and they're both with kind of from the same era and I think that era is where having a Transworld part like that meant something Because Cardiel even said in his Epically Later that part of the reason why he wanted to do Sight Unseen was because he was seeing all these people putting out video parts that were just carefully thought out and put together and that they were working really hard for. And I think that all kind of kicked in with feedback when it came to the Trans World videos because, I mean, first of all, Transworld videos started originally because they were filming clips to get video grabs, which is such a funny reason for videos to start. And actually, the first real Transworld video isn't a Transworld video at all. It's uh, the Skin Phillips Project, Dreams of Children. It's such a janky 90s thing. What, put video grabs just in the, the magazine? Video, just video grabs. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was such a thing of the 90s because, like, shooting film was so expensive. They knew they could just save money if they just pulled video grabs. And I guess back then, you know, the content really wasn't as we'll skate- high
1: quality. Well, skateboarding <clears throat> was also progressing so fast that, <clears throat> like, to it didn't make sense to, like, put a still shot of, like, a manual trick or, like, a really tech ledge trick, you know what I mean? Like, in a magazine, like, they could do the video grab and fucking chop up the sequence.
2: Exactly. So
1: that was the time of when, like, skateboarding was just, like, getting way crazier,
2: Mm -hmm. and it made more sense to do that. But eventually Transworld did put out their first video, and our research has uh, proven to Jay and I that it was... Not that great. (laughs) Uno (laughs) is terrible. Yeah, Uno... It's a hard watch. It was... And I felt bad saying that because the lineup of people they have in that video is insane. It's crazy. It's super crazy. <laughs> Muska, yeah. Austin, Mark Johnson. And that's pre,
1: pre-Muska pre Muska. Right. He, he's wearing what everyone knows him from Tony Hawk. He like, in the intro or whatever.
2: When he's in the phone booth. He, yeah, yeah. And then
1: he like puts on his Muska gear with like the backpack and the fucking rolled
2: up swishy pants. It's one of Jonah Hill's favorite parts, though. So. (laughs) Sensitive subject. Deep cut. cut. Yeah. I think that's what he's doing to prove that. Yeah. He's he's in the mix. But yeah. That's kind of
1: a stretch. I don't want to go on a tangent about it, but like, I feel like he said that just because that people will be like, oh, he really knows about fucking. That is not like, come on. Like, I anyone I don't know.
2: I'm sorry. To each their own, I guess. I mean, that's not the Muska part, especially in a trans world video right, that I would yeah. choose to remember. but And it's the... like a minute and a half of footage, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Or like Everyone's parts are so-called parts. It's almost more of like a montage video. The
2: whole video, yeah. Because
1: and even people who they claim to have parts
2: in it, a lot of them only have like... A minute or two of yeah. footage, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, the fact that Heath Kirchart and Paul Sharp share a part. That's like the most random two people to be together in a part. Like, I i honestly don't get that matchup because when I was reading the initial cast of Who's in It, my immediate thought was that Heath Kirchart and Jeremy Klein would share a part because they had done that with the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, that came later, but still, like, they were yeah. fucking bros. So, that whole thing of Heath and Paul Sharp. And there was a lot of San Jose footage in it. Like, Gershon Mosley had a part, too. had a part. There's, they started with... It's funny because a lot of them, a lot
1: of those dudes ended up getting, like, real parts later on. Right. In, their, in like, the more established videos.
2: Well, Heath has had, like, three transworld parts because him and Steve Vera shared a part in a Interface. And that's actually the point where I feel Transworld really started to find more focus in their videos. Like, the first few are kind of an experiment. You know, four-wheel drive, the first cinematographer project, you know, they're they're kind of just playing with what they had kicking around. But then come Interface, like, Interface, the theme of it is very lame it's like all computers and hackers but you start to see some better skating great music i forget who it is that someone skates to the dead kennedys in that video and i want to say it's fucking chad fernandez who skates to the dead kennedys but aside from that like now they're starting to get more thematic more structure and then it's the sixth sense where I feel they really start to hit their stride because that's where they start like interviewing people for their video parts which is what Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. back in the day was one of the most defining characteristics of trans world videos you know they're putting people in these videos that they're interviewing in the magazine and that's kind of how they're tying it all together it's honestly a genius marketing ploy I thought the
1: the weird, kind of ambiguous theme thing that Transworld did, it's interesting to think about, because it's around the time when, you know, they're emerging, they're starting this, like, video thing with the magazine, and it's around the time that, like, girl chocolate videos are really starting to, like... Catch a cult following, and we all know that all their videos have like more production behind them, mm-hmm. kind of like a theme, if you will. And I think Transworld did a good job. You mentioned interface with like the weird computer, like and Transmission
2: Seven had like the satellite dishes. Yeah, and stuff. I think
1: they may have they may have fucked up a little bit with those, and it may have been not the greatest like taste. But I think they did a good job in their heading into their golden era of like, it didn't matter what it was, but like it kind of went with the video. So like, I mean, it worked for what it was. So like side unseen, like what does, what really did
2: that mean? You know what I mean? But like, I don't think there was a theme to that one. I think you, once you get to feedback, it's not really as much of a theme Or some sort of motif carrying the fucking video. But. Right, but those titles went a long way. You know what I mean? Like they. Well, feedback, definitely. You know, there's all those montages throughout it where you just see people kicking them out. And, you know, Ty Evans is Mm -hmm. asking random passerbys, what do you think about skateboarding? Mm -hmm. Josh Kalis in Love Park telling some Philadelphia city employee that more tourists come to Love Park to skate than worldly tourists come to Love Park just to see it. and That's, you know, it's feedback. (laughs) It's not like music feedback where you plug your guitar in and it goes, it's, you know, mm -hmm, verbal feedback from the general public at large. But that is the point where they started because you have – in a short amount of time, you have that video. You have the reason, and again, the reason. All the interviews they're talking about what they love about skating, why they love skating. It's you know the reason why they skate, mm-hmm.
1: you know, and that, so right, exactly. Though that's kind of my point is like they they had this very like mild kind of thing as opposed to like other videos around the time that kind of went really. Uh, they led with a theme or like a sort of like production theme that Transworld had it, but it wasn't like the skating and the and the quality and the production always kind of outshined whatever they were trying to do with whatever, if it was the title or the theme.
2: Mm-hmm. I remember looking at a Transworld from a while back where they were reviewing feedback right after it came out. And they were discussing how, like, this is a video you put in your VCR, and once you finish it, you rewind it and watch it again. And that's charming and cute and all, but it's totally true, because I didn't actually see feedback until I was a grown-ass adult. I was probably like 22 or 23 when I first saw it. It I never really cared about Transworld videos as a kid, to be honest, but feedback... I just remember watching it and being like, that is one of the fucking finest pieces of skate cinema I've ever seen. That's exactly how I felt when I saw
1: Side Unseen for the first time. That was the first Transworld video I was introduced to.
2: What's even funnier, though, is that the DVD I have with feedback also comes with the reason, and I think it was maybe six months before I even. Went to the reason. Oh, I was God. just so oh, into feedback lore. at that point. <laughs> it was so good. And then, I mean, the reason is equally you as fucking good. For you. Oh man, the reason is so good. The reason has some of my favorite montages. Yes, trans world montages. Oh boy, that's something I wanted to bring up too. Is I feel half the time I am more excited about the trans world montages than I am about the actual like video parts. There's always. Yeah such a good lineup of people in those montages they Mm -hmm. usually pick great music and they usually i mean they don't do this as much anymore but back in the day you'd get one montage that was just random video clips and then the other one was all shot on film it was the 16 millimeter montage and that was always one of their most standout things i always love those montages Mm -hmm. ie has one of my favorite ones where it's the sunny day real estate song and there's footage of huff and kevin taylor i think has a trick in it and then it ends with chad fernandez at hollywood high which is the footage that they're showing in baker 2g where Knox godoy is like prank calling him so they're playing the prank call over watching chad fernandez try and step to this rail and that's the clip and the clip in ie is so you know there's like a like a happy black lady like clapping for him like when he gets down the stairs and he like does it all like smooth and it's on film so it looks all nice but Meanwhile the other angle of that is Baker fucking clowning him. <laughs> I think that the Trans World montages had
1: kind of like a an air to it, like a you know, it was like a status thing. Like everyone it was like you were the shit if you made it into a trans world montage. Yeah. It was kinda like a, a four-one one opener, but it was like Th- two three four montages in a mm-hmm. video it was like the most banging clips and they really knew how to diversify it like you could see bob bernquist doing some mind melting vert you know like lip tricks and then it would cut to like a fucking a manual trick at pier seven from mm-hmm. like a, a frisco local they really knew how to capture everyone and they really knew how to capture a lot of different stuff, but it still made sense in how Transworld was presenting it. It wasn't just like oh that's that didn't that was hella rigid and didn't make any sense cutting a vert trick with a street trick. you know the way they did it it was seamless
2: and then I feel like so we're talking about these videos from the very specific point right now, like ninety nine to two thousand one or two, and then I feel like after that. They got even a little more focused, but not necessarily intentionally, or maybe it was intentionally. Like, a perfect example is a while ago, you were like, did you realize Subtleties is almost an entirely Sacramento-based video? Mm -hmm. I didn't. I never even put those things together, but yeah, Janowski, Beeble, Kyle Leeper. Well, I don't even know if they meant to do that. I don't either, but I mean, that's probably who they were covering in the mag. That scene was on the rise at that point. Yeah. Beeble was becoming a superstar. Stefan Janowski was quickly going into legendary status because he was conquering everything. He was Habitat's biggest pro at that juncture. Let's talk about, let's use
1: Kyle Leeper as maybe a, an example, because I think that video is is really fucking good and maybe not a lot of people talk about subtleties in the trans world lineup
2: no I love subtleties and
1: Kyle Leeper's part specifically is super fucking rad and he, he was an under the radar dude riding for Expedition 1 for all these years and he, he was like progressing clearly at a rate that no one really knew about until subtleties came out and I before we were started recording this we were talking about um the lineups and how these videos were casted and we were trying to find some trans world algorithm of like they use this type of skater and this this and that and kyle leaper is a fucking great example because who and i don't know offense you know to him and his skating i'm a fan but like who would have thought to put kyle leaper in a video with like these dudes yeah i
2: mean pat duffy had first part so there's your og coming out the woodwork and then that's part of the algorithm oh yeah there's always an og we'll we'll come back to that in a minute though. (laughs) but like look at someone like Beeble who was so on the rise because what year did subtleties come out like 2003 or 4 i think um subtleties was 2004 okay so that's one year after yeah right comes out and right around the time chomp on this had come out and those were kind of Beebles two breakout moments and now here he is getting his own trans world part brian Wenning, well, Wenning also with the dc video was right around then yeah too. so uh, Wenning was a superstar as well and like we said janowski was you know he was one of the top Dudes on Habitat at this point. He was changing the game. He was becoming a household name within skating very, very quickly. But you're right. Kyle Leaper is definitely the anomaly in this whole thing. And one of my favorite things about that video is when Beeble is like... He doesn't skate like anyone. He skates like Kyle. And I think that's the most telltale thing about his style. And the shit he skates in that, like... He's not skating like any of the other dudes in that video. He was definitely the outlier of that lineup. And that, yeah, the fact that that is the Sacramento video, and then you look at something like Free Your Mind, and that's the SF video, you know, you've got... and Kind of. I mean, it was the
1: SF scene video... I actually don't think. I mean Darrell Stanton's
2: from Texas,
1: you're right, and Rob's from the East Coast, and Jehovah's from the East
2: Coast, but it was all in, but San they were right, sure,
1: and all three of them were like had their roots planted in San Francisco or their feet planted in San Francisco for like their skating careers um and that was again something we were talking about leading up to this uh for me, free your mind was very underwhelming because it's kind of a weird one it's a super weird one you could i don't know i there was all sorts of rumors going on in um out here in the bay area about like what happened with the video something like the video got cut short um we were all highly anticipating rob welsh's part Coming off of uh, Ride or Die, mm-hmm. and it, we, me and the homies, were fucking. It couldn't have come out any sooner. We were itching for this Rob footage. And we were just were so curious to what this part was gonna look like. And it comes out, and he, I think he got injured, like had a pretty serious injury um, around the time. And I think his part didn't really come out how it was sup- how he had ma- imagined or something along those lines. And again, those were all just like rumors we heard out here. Um, but it was,
2: I think Dan Hobel's part in that is one of the best
1: trans world parts
2: of all. That definitely is one of Hobel's best parts ever, which is something to be said about that because Dan Hobel wasn't really ever a guy who put out a ton of, crazy memorable video parts. Like, you know, Heath Kirchart having last part in sight unseen was obviously like, you know, he'd had so many sense. video parts at that point and he would have several more after that. But Dan Drahobel had kind of constantly flown under the radar a bit. I mean, he was a transition skater, but he comes out with this part. He has the ultimate song. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. It's one of the most
1: stylish parts ever, I think. Again, the way it just makes sense, the way he's, the way Transworld presents his super stylish, almost, like, flowy, somewhat techy transition style to then, like, the street clips he has that are bangers, too. Mm -hmm. It's, like... It's definitely presented as... I feel bad because I feel like a part is so good, but the video is, like, really kind of choppy
2: and janky. I think them trying the whole taxi cab skit thing was really weird. It was super odd. But I love all of those parts. Like, I love... I mean, you say Welsh's part didn't meet your... High expectations as a Bay Area local, but I love that part. I love the Selsky well, you gotta song. understand, and...
1: though at that time he was like the guy, he was the dude out here. And coming off of Ride or Die, Ride or Die was just an insane part. And he kind of just like he didn't come out of nowhere with that part. He was already kind of an industry name, but he shocked I think a lot of people with with Ride or Die. And at that point, we were all, like, ho- always hoping to see him skate at Pier 7. And he was, like, kind of just, like, a local urban legend of, like, all these wild things he was doing and how fast he used to skate and the shit he used to do at Pier 7. And then it came out, and then we heard he had maybe got injured or something. And it and it just—maybe di- that's just my perspective of him being one of my favorites and being a San Francisco kid and— having that so highly anticipated. Mm -hmm. But it's not bad.
2: It's not a bad part. But going back to Drahobel, and like we talked about Henry Sanchez earlier, and how Transworld does this thing where they take OG skaters and give them a moment to kind of have the spotlight back. Like, look at some people too, like... Shiloh Greathouse in First Love or Peter Smolik in Let's Do This, you know, they were were given that chance to come back and show that, like, yeah, I might not be getting the same amount of coverage or be the top guy that everyone wants to see anymore, but I'm still out there putting in work and doing great shit because I mean Shiloh Greathouse his part in First Love kicks off the video and that part or sorry that video ends with fucking Leo Romero like on the cusp of becoming one of the fucking gnarliest dudes in skating so you go from Shiloh Greathouse who can still do these like super creative lines just using curbs and sidewalks and weird little loading docks and then at the end it's Leo Romero fucking handrail stomper destroyer
1: shout out P Eldridge's part in hallelujah also he's another one of those that i think transworld kind of you know he's a, he again like he's a household name in the industry but never like a a p-rod or a a malto or a mikey taylor or someone like that or a heath kirchart and it was in 2010 a little later in his career that i think that part is insane too just his switch skating and his style i want to like i think that's maybe my dream job is to like cast for (laughs) videos like this because whoever did it with whatever type of formula they had or or if there was one at all they they really nailed it with the majority of the videos they put out there's a few worth mentioning that maybe were a little weird but you know for the most part even if it was a, a weirder lineup they made it
0: work
2: like and now has fucking like sean malto and uh David Gravett and, like, those are two people I would never expect to see in a video with one another. Which is why it's so great,
1: though, also. That David Gravett part is, if anyone's listening out there...
2: Oh, Richie Jackson's in it, too. You I forgot have to that. watch that.
1: That, like, put David Gravett in a lot of conversations after that part.
2: And then, I mean, we get into the more recent videos, too, like i i love that one perpetual motion um i think that video is so good that had like some amazing fucking parts from you know walker ryan like at the top of his fucking game like as he was becoming the hugest dude Mm -hmm. silas baxter neal was fucking killing it at that point too um jimmy carlin before he kind of Faded out into the woodwork. And then, like, even the video after that, Outliers, like, Zared fucking having... Jimmy Carlin, Dias, right there. No, I like Jimmy Carlin, but he kind of faded <laughs> away. Like, where did he go? He's chilling, but where did he go? But, dude, Outliers had, like, Riley Hawk, Neen Williams, and Zared Bassett. And Zared's part in that
1: video is fucking insane,
2: dude. You know what I loved
1: always was the... What comes to mind when you talk about that Zared part is the the intros, the people talking either in like a, over the phone, like about the skater, right? Like Vinnie Ponte does Zared's intro in that, and it's just it's so East Coast and Vinnie Ponte and amazing. That's one that uh really showed that they. So there's this thing that Transworld did, and I think that's why Transworld videos are so great, and they have this uniqueness that maybe a lot of people don't even really realize, which is they're this neutral party, essentially, and they, they're they not a sponsor. I honestly don't even know if they're paying these guys to be in the video. I wouldn't be surprised if they were, but... I mean, it's mad coverage, <clears throat> Right, it's bad coverage, so they probably get incentives from their other sponsors and so on and so forth. But it's, you know, to our point of how they're casting these videos of a Gravette and a Malto being in the same video is... It's awesome because, like I said, they're this this neutral kind of binder that brings all these different rad skaters together. A video with, you know... Rob Welsh and Dandre Hobel, you know what I mean like Henry Sanchez and John Cardiel you know like and then you get to uh I think they probably started doing this a little later in their videos um, but you start to notice like in that video with Zared you can tell that they're all like, together, shooting the video. Yeah, so, I mean, like, they go
2: on trips they, they, together Exactly,
1: so they're not... Transworld isn't their sponsor, so, like, usually you have kind of a cohesive... Especially at that time, you had a cohesive crew. Like, each team had kind of a theme, and dudes on the team got along with each other because they were into similar things, you know, and they had similar personalities and kind of personas. But tra- here comes Transworld, And they put this kind of really diverse group together, and they send them to Spain. And it's about building an aesthetic for the video, I think. So you see Zared's footage, you know, and then you see someone else in the video who has who has right who has the same um, who has tricks at the same spot in in Barcelona, or you see them like high fiving each other in some other country or on a trip. And I think that's really cool. It's a really cool concept for a video and it's brilliant. Like why you know, why wouldn't they put this crew together and try and have a mesh to have a better aesthetic of the video? I think it's great that you you can kinda chronicle like, oh, okay, that's what Zara did on that trip that's what Riley did on that same trip at this you know same spot like i think it's a really kind of brilliant
2: idea well a lot of these trans world dvds that they put out you know when you buy them they come with the special features and they usually have like the raw trip footy so like like oh here is all the footage from the arizona trip and for this video or here's all the footage from the Australia trip for this video. You know, I have, uh, one of them that comes to mind immediately is i have in bloom on DVD and there's a whole special feature of all of them in Australia. And it's not everyone in the video. It's just like a couple of them. Like I know Tony Trujillo is on the trip. and I, I just remember him most of all. But then, like, Cardiel is on that trip. So that's why there's all that footage of Cardiel in the montages, because he's getting caught up in the mix, too. Speaking of in Bloom, though, for a second, I do want to touch upon how sometimes the trans world part is really the skater's only chance they get, and no one truly personifies that more than Alex Trainwreck Gall. Seriously. Like... And I guess Evan Hernandez, too, in that video. I mean, that video was all about promoting the up-and-coming young bucks. You know, there's no OG in that video. It's all about the youngsters, but half the youngsters in that video fell off. But then, meanwhile, you have, like, Chris Cole, fucking Mikey Taylor, and TNT, when yeah. they're all fucking up and coming little kids, that one-two punch at the time of P. Rod and Mikey Taylor. Oh yeah, got P. Rod. He's the other one in that yeah, video. Yeah, they're really
1: P. Rod and Mikey Taylor were really hitting them on the head at that time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that that was a combo you did not want to mess with. But yeah. those ooh. Valley Boys. But now we get like to bring everything up to speed. We're here today now. The last Transworld video to come out was last year. They have not done one in 2018 yet. But the one that came out in 2017 was called Riddles in Mathematics. And in preparation for this episode, I watched it. And I I gotta say, I was sadly underwhelmed, except by the uh, Bobby DeKaiser part. Like, holy shit. Yeah, man. That guy is just... He's on some shit, man. Yeah. But there was no... I mean, the most OG person in the video, I guess, would be considered Bobby Warrist, but, like, can we really say he's OG at this point? Yeah, for sure. We can? Okay. He's an OG. But the music wasn't that great. They're filming that, like, Spirit Quest style of VX filming, like, like shit's way too close and, like, super quick cuts. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of movement and the camera work. And, uh, fucking substance was kind of filmed the same way too like and that is weird to me just because transworld has always been so good about staying ahead of everyone in terms of how the product comes out at the end these videos felt like they were just trying to keep up with the trends sure and that's maybe why they weren't as remarkable and not only that like the music in this riddles in mathematics video i could not get down with it and you know I always thought Transworld had some of the better soundtracks in the past. You know, Feedback, excuse me, is a flawless soundtrack. Modus Operandi, flawless soundtrack. Sight Unseen, flawless soundtrack. In Bloom, dude. E- like even some of the weirder ones, like First Love, has one of the best soundtracks. You know, Mike Carroll is the greatest Transworld. Video part song of all time. Oh, corrupt, corrupt. Yeah,
1: that's
2: (laughs) that is just the whole
1: way that part is edited Mm -hmm. with to that song is like that's got to be the greatest song in any part. The way it's like put together.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think Transworld fell off or anything. Well, you can't blame them, and this is something that
1: we continuously just have to talk about in our in our show here which is just like where skateboarding went where it's gone modern day skateboarding with the internet and media and how it's covered and just how rapid it is you know it's not it's not really trans world's fault you know i think that they were blindsided like everyone else and there's just in thinking about this this episode i came to this realization of you never hear anyone say, "Oh man, like like how we do, like how me and you nerd out and reference like old skate parts, mm-hmm. like oh fucking uh, Welsh's part in Ride or Die." Nowadays, you do not hear that even in big production videos. So, like you never hear anyone like, "Oh fucking blah blah blah's part and pretty sweet," which is one of the newer big production videos or even the newest Lakai video, you don't hear people reference things like that anymore because again, something we talk about all the fucking time, which is there's just an onslaught of, of single parts being put out like so-and-so goes pro they put out like a five minute part or like this person has a new shoe colorway coming out they put out a banging part this person has just been filming in europe all summer they put out a banging part and trans world can't keep up with that because it was people like me and you who were purchasing these dvds and vhs's that made them thrive and people like us who are nerding out and referencing uh anthony pappalardo part in ie and it's just not the same anymore because of how it's all just being dumped out you know so that's why i say it's not transworld's fault really
2: no you're right and i mean the biggest thing about all that to me is it's not even that transworld fell off it's that it's just more content on top of more content I had a friend from the East Coast who was out here a few days ago, and we were talking about uh, the Converse video, and I was referencing Sean Green. You that damn Converse <laughs> video. Shut the fuck up, man. Uh, I was referencing Sean Green's, like, Ollie over the train tracks, because we were in that part of town, and I was showing him, like, oh. And he's like, I don't even remember what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, but that was, like, one of the biggest tricks in the exactly. video. And yeah. he's like, he's like, yeah, but he's like, how sad is it in skateboarding that <laughs> I can watch an entire video and not remember a single thing because that he's, happened Because
1: he's seen 12,000 other videos since that's right. come out.
2: Now, just for kicks here, because we're getting to uh, the end of everything, but uh, do you have like a dream trans world lineup you'd love to see in a video? Oh my god, dude. You put me on the spot.
1: Uh, yeah. Um you know, I'd like to do I'm gonna give the most Jeremy answer ever here and just like it's gonna be really long and elaborate. I'd like to do a series oh God. of like short themed things. So almost along the lines of um subtleties where it's like kinda had a Sacramento ish theme. Mm-hmm. Um The P-Rod one kind of had like an L.A. Valley type of theme to it. Um, I'd like to do a short series of of things just like that. So I'm not going to name any specific skaters, but if we do like a New York, L.A., like San Francisco, Spain, like, you know, Paris, like kind of just like a a spotlight type of thing. Yeah. And just kind of shine because nowadays it's almost more about like skate scenes. Does that does that make any? That sense? makes perfect sense. Like there's like scenes and like different vibes all over the world now, and I think that'd be cool to showcase. And of course, Trans World, if you're listening, don't ever make another video that's longer than 35 minutes because you're. That's the problem. That's part yeah. of the problem is all their videos are an hour plus for the most part, and you just can't keep people's attention. Right. What about you? I mean. I'm so gonna like you've thought about. Well, this. I'm gonna
2: stick to the the old formula and pick some people who I think are either really interesting right now, plus a couple OGs. I'd love Raven Turchay. Yeah. Okay. That is. I'm that sorry, is... but that's uh, that just that would be someone I'd love to see. So, like my lineup, if we're gonna like keep it all diverse, the way Trans World used he to do it, has that like that ATV style. Exactly, So, yeah. like, yeah, Raven is a person I would pick, and then like. I'd love to see someone from Europe that not everyone really loves or identifies with as much as I do, but like someone like Fran Molina. I knew you are going to say that. I fucking love him. Um, so I'd love to see like a Fran Molina section, um, a Raven Terche section. Uh, I want to throw in Matt Tomasello for some true weirdness, uh, I want my OG to be someone like either we're going to go with either like Caswell Berry. Oh my God. Or like even just for kicks because I haven't, I don't think he ever got a trans world part necessarily, but Jamie Thomas, of course, my, my number one, and then throw in a couple pull out the wheelchair (laughs) <laughs> and then throw in a couple randos like like let's get a fucking pj lad comeback part uh what's the dude the black dude who rides for palace
1: and he's always talking hella shit i think he'd be a he'd be sick ass trans world part oh god i can't remember
2: his name right now Anyways, uh, Raven and Tomasello sharing a video. Yeah, that Ooh. would be amazing. And then Fran Molina, Caswell Jamie Thomas. I would love to see them at least give it a shot. Like,
1: like let's bring back kind of like an old formula, and like let's let's see them modernize their style a little bit. Like I said, maybe <clears throat> maybe cut cut the video length a little bit. Maybe only have one or two montages, you know, like let's see Transworld catch up a little more, but still have their kind of that special touch of the older videos. I'd love to see them at least try it.
2: I would too. And now as we enter the final conclusion, I mean, I kind of wanted to, after talking about all these videos, figure out what video personifies a trans world video the best way. And I mean, we've talked about it so much throughout today's episode and I think it's kind of a a no brainer, but I think ultimately sight unseen was the point where they hit the mark. Like (laughs) they, there could be a chance that one day they'll outdo sight unseen, but I don't think they ever will. I mean that lineup we've talked about the lineup flawless soundtrack, fantastic you know Heath Kirchart skating to the Moody Blues the montage being set to "Carrying is Creepy by the Shins Cardiel Cardiel's, has the Sizzla song Cardiel's fucking opening part like just fucking oh man the Tommy Guerrero song over the end credits too like there's just so much dope shit the fact too that the 16mm montages had like a lot of Carl Footy, yeah. uh, Matt Hensley, sure. Bob Burnquist, um, Lance Mountain, fucking all those people. Like, it was just such a flawless video. They'll never truly be able to outdo that,
1: in my opinion. It was perfectly diverse and abstract. And I think that's kind of our whole point, a big point of this episode is Transworld was always able to accomplish bringing together all these different skaters but making it look like they 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 should be in a video together
2: right and that's the thing about sight unseen they just they nailed it in a way that's almost impossible to replicate it's like a band making that one perfect album i'm gonna kind of go into my indie music nerd section here for a sec but like in the aeroplane over the sea by neutral milk hotel do you know what this album is what do you
1: think no
2: no <laughs> <laughs> so neutral milk hotel was this weird outfit by this it was led by this guy named jeff mangum who was kind of a recluse and he never really ever made another album that was as good or even close to as good as that he did the whole thing on shrooms and it was all based on these weird dreams he was having about Anne Frank. <sighs> and I don't think he could make another great album like that if he tried. It was just kind of done on accident and it worked perfectly. And I feel that same way about Sight Unseen. Like all the elements just happened to be there and they worked out perfectly. So... It's you can't just recreate that kind of magic. It's just one of those things that happens once in a lifetime. What were some of the other ones you were going to mention that meet those standards? I think I I always
1: go back to the feeling like the feeling I felt when I first saw it. So like the you know the the Josh and Stevie parts were always just like very raw and shocking to me. And I, I don't know, I really, I really like Subtleties because for whatever reason, it seems like a really cohesive theme, but not, it seems to me like Subtleties is the number one Trans World video where if you didn't know that Transworld did the video, and maybe if you stripped all the skaters of all the gear and sponsors they were wearing and you're like yeah this is uh this is a board company's new video or this is a shoe company's new video it would make sense to me like all the skating was very cohesive and the video just seemed to like blend really really well Mm -hmm. and maybe that's kind of the opposite of what we're just saying with like something like sight unseen Uh but it still had that trans world flair and top notch quality to it.
2: I mean, the trans world quality has always been something that separates them from the masses. That's kind of why I felt weird about their newer videos because it almost felt like they were taking a step backwards. You know, they're still filming on VX and like trying to look like Colin Reed or Josh Stewart videos or whatever. And I don't really know why it's trans world. They should be, forward thinking and how they do things. and so maybe that's why they haven't put out a video in twenty eighteen. Maybe they're trying to kind of figure out how to play catch up and That's a good do something point with different. The Jehovah part too, where it's like he's got a really sick
1: style, like different style, but they put that like in Henry and John also. They put we talk about that in the Thrash World episode. But they put that like crisp, clean, trans world like Polish to it, which made presented their skating in a completely different way.
2: Yeah, because Cardiel, up until that point, had never had like that same kind of quality part. He was the dude who was in like these anti hero videos and like these old Dogtown videos, and it wasn't quite the same. But now, here you have him in sight unseen, and it's like a truly cinematic adventure. But the trans world quality, especially back
1: then, that's what they brought to everything. Stevie, Josh Kalis, all these gritty skaters that, you know, they who'd have thought that they would have played so well with like such a clean, crisp, artistic, but like very like like high uh, production value.
2: I think that's ultimately what has made trans world videos great throughout the years, though, you know getting a part in a trans world video was a huge deal for your career to some extent. If you were an up and comer, it legitimized you. And if you were an OG, it once again made you relevant to people who might not know who you were or people who just wanted to see you put out another video part, but it wasn't as demanding as say, putting out a video part for a board sponsor, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's magazine and media coverage as opposed to, this sort of, you know, if if someone's doing a part for fucking Baker or for fucking Toy Machine, you know? Maybe that's why they were so good, is because they didn't, a lot of people
1: maybe didn't feel like they had, like, oh, I need to produce for my sponsor.
2: Right, exactly. It was them able to have maybe a little more freedom and creativity and fun with it, and that's why those videos stick out. You know, yeah, there were some things that were, like, Death defying and super memorable, but ultimately, you know, they got to just kind of skate what they wanted for the coverage.